What's up, people? Welcome back to Dong City, the quarantined edition. Also the ninth episode. Henry Maldonado still quarantined at home. Vince Merck and Daddy. We got a jam-packed show for you guys tonight. Hopefully you're active in the comments section. Let's take it away. What's up, Henry? I was uh, hoping quarantine life is a little better than it was last week for you. <laughs> Every day's been different, brother. Every day has been different. Uh, I don't wish this on anyone. Let's see, you're looking and sounding better. I think we can all agree on that. <clears throat> My voice is, uh, is is back or closer to what it is. I uh, don't have any more fevers, so that's a uh, huge plus for me. So just dealing with, uh, you know, weakness and then getting tired pretty fast, so. Yeah, well, that'll bounce back. It's, uh, I... I'll, I'll, I'll say this publicly. This is the only time I shave the entire week is for this show. I haven't. Strangers. <laughs> I have yeah. I'm going with the caveman look. I, yeah, I showered today. I um, shaved today. Just a huge day. I, I wore a shirt. So, like, everything, you know, this is what it is now in this quarantine. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh. For some reason, I'm uh, I, we're still in the single screen view on Zoom. I don't know what uh, if you can play with that or not, but yeah, I don't know. I'll try and play as we go along. But anyway, welcome everyone. We have a milestone edition. You'll have to deal with the slight seizures you might get as we switch back and forth on the screens. We don't know what exactly is happening. Um, but welcome to Dong City. We have a milestone special for you today. So we're going to discuss all things milestones. Uh, we'll start off with a little bit of updates. There haven't been many for MLB. Toss that around a little bit. Uh, and then, we'll, of course, we will talk about milestones, both that we've witnessed in our lifetime, if we've been to any live ones in person, whether single season or career or whatever. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about kind of the unbreakable type stuff. So looking again for heavy interaction in the comment section. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you if you have stories or, and I already saw one earlier today before the show even started, like cool stories of seeing milestones or your favorite milestones or whatever the case may be. Uh, I know I've got one off the top of my head that's going to make a lot of people happy. So we'll get right into it. Um, Henry, there has not been a lot going on as far as the league's oh. concerned. Um, mostly rumors. We got that rumor earlier last week from uh, apparently Trump was talking to sports leagues, not expecting any game action in August uh, until August or September. Uh, but then I also have heard, and this has zero validity as far as I know, but I'm hoping it's true that MLB privately is kind of targeting that July 4th start date for an opening day. Um, but ultimately we don't really know anything because no one can control the virus. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think, I don't know how a September start date could work. <laughs> it, it, the, the more the more uh, the weeks go on, I know here in New York, <clears throat> Governor Cuomo put a uh, the pause on for another couple weeks. I think the twenty eighth of April. So we're talking the end of April at least. Um, so but like, you guys uh, have had lower cases, right? Like, have you reached that apex? No, no, we haven't reached the apex. I think yesterday we had something like uh, 12 less deaths, and that's something to be celebrated. Oh, it's deaths, man. <laughs> yeah, right. it's deaths. There were 12, less, 12 less deaths yesterday than there were the day before. Um, so I, I guess whatever silver lining we can find, that's what we're looking for at this point. 
Um, a July 4th kickoff is kind of symbolic, I guess. Yeah, that'd be sweet if it worked. I don't, yeah. I don't know if – I mean, at this point, you have to assume all of April is guaranteed to be out, even from like a starting operation standpoint, yeah. let alone opening day. I think there's a lot of behind the scene things that have has to happen, like we spoke about last couple of shows, um, schedule scheduling reshuffling and, and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. getting rid of the all star game, that kind of stuff. So but and it's also, a live or be symbolic and pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a, I mean it's a moving target. They're just gonna have to keep adjusting, I guess. But I think the main thing is that uh we've also heard some rumors with you know playing in arizona <laughs> like just arizona i don't know how that would work it seems like a logistical nightmare but um enjoy that yeah but that's been tossed around originally it was florida and like we can't get our shit together so i don't think that's going to happen um so yeah i don't know and then kind of in the wake of all of this while we're tossing around start dates for what feels like the hundredth consecutive week without any sort of you know, validity towards anything. We have Justin Turner going off in the media uh, with his rule suggestions. I don't, this drives me crazy about baseball. We, baseball front office seems to attack the, and we've talked about this before, they attack the weirdest shit to me. And in this case, it was, again, talking about extra inning games. Um, I think the 14th inning or later or something random. Was, what's that? The tenth inning. Yeah. All right. So t- all right. So extra inning games. Justin Turner suggests a home run derby to solve it, which I just like. I don't. There's so few extra inning games in the grand scheme of things. If your problem is pace of play, why would you focus on innings ten plus, which might just be the tenth? It could be tenth and eleventh. Could be anything, and not focus on the first nine innings. If that's your real concern, is pace of play. It just seems so – it seems like MLB always targets just the most random, minute shit that is not a main priority. I, I think if Justin Turner said that, then that's probably talk um, in the Players Association of, you know, roster space, um, what do we do with games that go longer, and that's probably a solution to that. Um, I'm actually all on board for his solution. No, stop. It, no, no, I, I, I'm on board. I'm with it. I'm with it. Let me tell you why. It, it, it's, it's interactive. It's very different. Fans would love that shit. Players would love it. It would be a, it would be a home run. It would, it would just be, it would be a home run. You, you were just trying to ruin the sport. You had your, your bracket, <laughs> your March Madness bracket before with the, uh, with the season instead of a real season. Now you have this. It, um, I will say this is the one thing I'll say to defend it. A lot of people are like, well, look at hockey. Like they went to the, four on four or three on three or whatever it is and yeah. the shootout and it's skills competition. And I like that. <laughs> so I, you know, that's not a good reason to bash the baseball idea. I love how hockey, hockey overtime works. Dude, it, if nothing more, at least for this season, just have something completely different just to get everyone involved. I mean, come on, imagine being at a game and they, they go to a home run derby, you know, <laughs> you watch that in practice if you want to watch a home run derby. Everything. It's every, I want to see it. Give it to me. Save my bullpen arm. Save my next day starter. Save it all. Give me a fucking home run derby. Would you have? Let the fans go home with with some some something to talk about. Would you have concerns? It would throw off people's swings. Absolutely. Like a home run derby. No, it wouldn't. I don't think so. I could see a lot of Yankees just tearing their obliques doing this. And like this, the second time they do it, like four guys get injured. I love it. 
you have a guy like Mike Ford who just, you know, yeah, bring him in the game. That's the guy that's going to go hit. It should be the bench players. That would be fascinating to me, but that would, like, no one would want to see it. But I think strategically that would be awesome is having the bench guys have a home run derby. It can be tweaked. It, it could be something like the person who DH that day has to do it. it yeah. There can be so many ways to play with it, but I, I actually like the idea. But that's what you need. You need ideas from players to help make the game fun and interesting. You're getting some love in the comments section, Brian. And Brian says he guarantees people would stick around to the end. I mean, you're probably Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Uh, I would prefer a walk-off personally, but I guess that could theoretically happen in Home Run Derby too. And Felipe is mentioning soccer as penalty kicks, which are also awesome. And they have it in the World Cup, which is there you so go. cool to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm still against it. I think that's ridiculous. Like, just have the first baseman and catch a square off for a good minute and see what happens. (laughs) I'd be cool if it was like the, like I originally said, the 14th inning or something, where like now it's just like everyone by 2 a.m. is like, I want this game. There's no fun. There's no fun. Like, free baseball and then you just get a home run derby. Come on. I would say give it like 10 or 11 innings. Like give it at least one or two normal extra innings. And then you, and you, have, then you, can do it. you have a break in between. You, you give the fans a chance. You fucking sell nothing but hot dogs and sodas between the ninth and the 10th inning. You give the fans a chance to go run to get some food, come back and watch a derby for an inning or two maybe, like two rounds. I'd I love compromise it. at 12. If you, if you said starting it. in the 12th inning, it's a home run derby instead, I'd be okay with that. But I want at least a couple of innings to try and win a game Maybe one, but not, you know, you start talking 13, 14 innings, it's it's no fun. You want to, like, if I'm at a game and it's tied in the ninth, I'm like, yo, I want to see this happen. (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, but uh, so he did, his suggestion had my wheels turning, though, just because we look back at 98, for example, right? And... Not that it was a rule change, but obviously steroids had a major impact on bringing people back to the game after the strike. And the strike is really the only example we have as far as baseball missing. There was no World Series in 94. People love dongs. Yeah, so dongs brought back the Derby, just like Dong City is bringing back podcasts. And um, I'm thinking, like, what – Pace of play would seem to be the most obvious. Like, if they could clean that up and, you know, baseball purists are like, oh, I'll watch the game no matter how long it is. And if someone's not willing to watch a long game, they won't. I don't believe that. I think there is a happy compromise there. I think you trim, trim 20 minutes off of a watching time. I think that that does make a big difference. Um, you, can, you can set your clock to it, if you will. But, what, like, what sorts of things would you want to see – because this would be a disaster if 2020 doesn't have any season. What would you have to see in 2021 to, like, bring in fans? Here's my problem with the pace of play idea. They can't get it right on a normal normal season. I agree. I mean, how they approach it's awful. I agree with you. To think that they're going to get it right in a shortened season under the gun, I have no faith that that'll happen. But, you know, I I think it, it all comes down to the fans. You have to do things for the fans. Like, you know, baseball has this this uh, gang of old guys that don't touch my game, you know, get off my lawn, you know. Right. They don't like anything different. They don't like any changes. Meanwhile, these are the same guys I love the wild card now who hated it before. Um, you know, you, you have to do things to integrate the technology. Um, and I think something like 
you know, giving every fan MLB TV for free for the 2021 season, just so that people are streaming on their phones and people are on laptops and on computers who may not be at the game or may not be watching on the TV, but they can watch the game at all times. Then say after the first year where you give it to them for free, you give them 50% off. And then you keep, you know, you keep them in the loop. You know, you can give $25 gift cards for the first 10 games for the first 20,000 fans or something like that, you know, to spend at the stores or concession. So you bring up a good point uh, before we even get to the rule portion. MLB has a golden opportunity to brand better. And I know we're both in agreement that they do a terrible job of that. Um, I would come back. Yeah. To your point. I want players mic'd up during the game, every game. Oh, I would love that. And I want thing, you know, I, I don't love the simple outcome that, that baseball's turned into. I want to see more stolen bases and, and sort of more of the small ball, less analytical type stuff. But definitely if you're, you know, I want players branded. I want to see Mike Trout in a commercial, you know, telling fans to come back and showing highlight reels. I know they've actually done that before, but like all – different players we saw that one thing that was posted in baseball life with kind of the dance competition with scherzer and uh kuna here's the thing the first like real voiceover that we had with mike trout narrating to the fans is basically saying we miss baseball like why does it take something so big to have the best player game why is he showing his face yeah like i want to see like a viral video of two players, you know, when the social distancing ends, having home run derby in their yard. Or like we saw the Strowman thing pitching on a dock. That was cool. I don't know why you can't do it elsewhere, but it was cool. Here, here's what I think. I think we should, uh, well, not we, but MLB should take a page out of the NFL's notebook and have a separate MLB channel dedicated to home runs or or like web gem type plays and you break in right before because, you know, there's a delay, just like uh, the red zone when there's, when there's a touchdown, you know, they go to that game right before. Do that with baseball. There's a home run hit. Yo, right before the home runs hit, here you go. This, this play was made. It, they break to it. And, you know, at the end of the night, you show every home run hit or every web gem made. You know, you do something that's going to draw the fans in. And so, yeah, so MLB Network has – you know, their MLB Tonight-esque shows mm-hmm. that do that. But to your point, having a second channel, like, a, that's exclusively, like, the sports centers of the 90s, but baseball, because that was... City. They can call it Dong City. We'll yeah, give up the trademark rights. <laughs> I, want, I want, like, sassy people uh, announcing the baseball highlights, like we saw from Stu Scott and Kenny Main and, mm-hmm. and Rich Eisen and Dan Patrick back in the day, sports center-esque with clever puns and like making baseball exciting again in small packages as well as big dunks. Those are the things that would, uh, that would get everything going. I say you give the greatest home run call ever. Let this play after every home run. Ready? That is how every home run should be called. Period. <laughs> that excitement. I want to. If it's not that exciting, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, 
Yeah, they can learn a thing or, or two from the Mexican leagues and the Caribbean leagues, and the, like the actual passion, it feels so much less corporate when you're watching those games. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, like Randy, you know, basically suggests um, like a red zone for baseball. Like, why don't they have something like that? Just one that's channel constantly showing highlights wait, 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 at all wait, wait. times. That's not Randy's suggestion. I literally just suggested that. <laughs> well, he branded me. I, I just said a second channel and call it, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, he got the name. <laughs> Red Zone for MLB. What would it be called? And also, like, runs? Long City. One channel? Yeah, Long all right, City. fine. But it's not just home runs, but I guess it's also not just touchdowns. In Red I'm, Zone, I'm sure they can uh, – I'm sure they can find something quirky or you – know. Yeah. But anyway, like that, I agree. It would or be highlight great. reel, or you know, I don't know if if ESPN has Web Gems trademark. I would imagine they do, but you know, if pace of play is truly an issue where people don't want to sit through full games, the solution is not to change the game necessarily so much as to take small snippets of baseball people do want to see and make it viral everywhere. And that's where you can have a channel of highlights and you can see consolidated baseball. And then if people still don't like just seeing baseball highlights, I have very obvious news for you. They're not a baseball fan. Not baseball fans, right. So yeah. that I would be fine with. Like MLB can either go the branding route or they can go the slight tweak route, you know, make, make uh, pitch clock, actually enforce the pitch clock, actually try and figure out a way to limit foul balls, which I've always said are actually the culprit here. There's more, there's like a thousand percent more foul balls now than there used to be, whether it's because players can't get the ball in play because the pitching's better or because they're, you know, they're uh, fighting off tough pitches. Either way, way more foul balls, way more pitches thrown. If you can limit the amount of pitches thrown, you're going to limit the pace of play. And that's really the only viable solution I see. It's not limiting innings. It's not limiting extra innings. It's not any of that stuff. You want to, you want pitchers to pitch faster with a pitch clock, and you also want to limit the amount of pitches. However, you have to do that. That's the solution, but it's not. That would take Manfred making taking a stand and is making a goddamn decision on something. Yeah, and again, poor leadership all the way around. But the one exciting part of all of that Wait, is you know what that would mean. That also means I never thought of this that the netting behind uh, <laughs> by the stands that actually. Uh, lends itself to shortening the game because the ball's traveling less distance. So for all you old folks who can't get over it, pace of play helps with the nutting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so we're getting some comments in here, and there's there's some pretty good suggestions. Let's uh, scroll up a second. I've been dugout yeah. zone is what Matt Whelan suggests. Not a not a terrible suggestion between Felipe, the foul lines. Felipe makes a suggestion of. Uh, using social media and I'm, I'm all for that. You know, you know, you might, you might, uh, like you said, you might up some players and you have a, a special media account, social media account that uploads it later. Cause you probably can't do it live um, for obvious reasons. But I mean, I'm with that. You got to, you know, lend yourself to what the kids use and that's social media. Or to your point, if you, if you made MLB network, I mean, not MLB network, if you made MLB TV, sort of a bigger entity and yeah. they have to package it differently. Um, but if you did that and then you added like a highlights package, which I think on MLB TV, you already can see highlights, but not in real time live. Exactly. And you, it's, they pick and choose for you. Right. So have you ever been out somewhere at dinner or a family function and you go to your carry and you try to pull the game up on your phone? 
Yes. Now, imagine that content is exclusive to MLB and you have to use the MLB app. Yeah. It means they count all the hits and the views and all that. Almost every time I go to dinner between April and October, by the way, that, that scenario plays out. Here in New York, the Yankees have a deal with Fox, and I think Fox owns a small portion of the S network. So I can go on the Fox app and actually watch the Yankees game live, which is pretty cool. But I should be able to do that with every game. No yeah. blackout restrictions, no issues. Every other sport does it better. Every other sport, NBA, NHL, and NFL, and soccer. I don't even know how soccer does it. I just know it does it better. So that's a problem. Yep. <laughs> um, just catching up more here on the comments. Uh, well, James Edwin Scott going the extreme route saying take away walks. Players will stop being patient. You, you can screw around with the count. I don't have a problem with that. I, 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 you can't do that. Go softball rules. Make it a one-one count. That'll <laughs> speed things up. I'm not gonna penalize a player because he has a patient eye. You know, a guy that gets on base, clip. I can't. You can't penalize that. And also, yeah, that's fine. You could put a foul limit. That would be interesting. But uh, I don't know how game It's out. I mean, if that's the case, no pitcher will ever pitch inside. They'll only pitch away. It changes everything. Everything changes. I'm trying to think. I mean, I had the suggestion of just lowering the mound again. You cut down on velocity, there's going to be more contact. I mean, the shorter guys will have a fit, but yeah. Well, they don't last long anyway, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that to me is a very simple thing that if you cut, I mean, yes, 102 mile per hour fastball is exciting. And we'll get to milestones. There's records, I'm sure, attached to it. But at the end of the day, would you rather see a 102-mile-per-hour fastball or would you rather see uh, a faster game with more contact and balls in play? I'd rather see balls in play. I think I still think the key is delivering the sport to the fans for free, faster, in a more mobile way. you got to bring the sport to the fan. You can't just sit there and say fans are going to go to the stadiums. It's 2020. It doesn't, it's not happening no more. Yeah. And, and uh, ballparks yeah, built, these ballparks are built with so many amenities that it might look like a stadium, you know, behind home plate is empty. But those seats come with the luxuries of access to four or five suites that, mm -hmm. you know, people are in the stadium. But on TV, it may not look that way because they're, you know, getting hammered at a bar over here or having this filet mignon at this suite that they have access to. So you got to bring the game to the people and stop expecting people to come to the game. Yeah, and the blackout rule sweep is right, and I, I am a victor, victim of this every time the Yankees play the Rays. Um, it's ridiculous. It, it doesn't make any sense. I think well, baseball is the only one that does it now? I'm pretty sure, at least to the extent that they do it. It's a, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, not, not having baseball visible, to, especially to paying people. Like, I pay for the MLB package, right. um, and when the Yankees play the Rays – I cannot see that game, and I also can't see it on my regular TV because uh, my my local package, the sling package, doesn't have the Rays network. So I literally cannot watch baseball when the Yankees play a division rival nine, <laughs> 18 times a year. Yeah. Um, and then for that, I steal it on Reddit, and they don't get the ratings for that. So what are you going to do? Uh, just more MLB mistakes. But anyway – the one thing we brought up that was a happy memory was the home run chase in 98. <laughs> and that was McGuire and Sosa. And that segues us into actual records, which is what we wanted to talk about was milestones. 
Um, so let's start with this. Favorite milestones in general, we didn't have to be at the game or anything, just in your lifetime that you saw with your own eyes, you were slightly older than me, so maybe you have some that I don't, but what, like, what is ultimately the greatest thing you've ever seen in baseball that's a milestone? Hmm. I mean, Cal Ripken's streak is still probably up there. You know, the Iron Man streak yeah. is, you know, especially now that guys get time off just to rest. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, Mo saves. Derek Jeter 3000 was pretty special. Yeah. Um, you know, being a Yankee fan, the build up to it, um, the way he got it. Um, who just hit 500 home runs? That was Albert Pujols, right? No, Albert Pujols hit 600 home runs. 600. Um, I, Cal Ripken was... Did he get 500 yet? Um, He's really close if he didn't. I want to say he did. Man, I heard nothing about that if he did. I want to say that. I'm going to say he didn't. And my computer is going to go very slow to try and look it up. Yeah, if anyone uh, out there wants to tell us, just let us know how many home runs Miguel Cabrera has. Adrian Beltre getting 3,000 was cool. Yeah, Maggie's at 477, so he's not not there. Um, the, the obvious one, love him or hate him, is, is Bonds. Yeah, well, so I'm going to say this. The, the most magical moment, you know, aside from my team winning stuff, because I don't think that – that obviously doesn't fairly count. Mm -hmm. um, the most magical baseball neutral moment I ever saw was McGuire breaking the home run record because that was like a larger-than-life moment. They gave him a friggin' microphone during the game <laughs> to give a speech. So, actually, baseball got that right. Um, and Sosa being there while in the home run chase with him, like you end it being Cardinals Cubs, a major rivalry. Like you can't top that situation to me. Um, for me personally, anecdotally, if you see that, that normal colored bet over there, um, I got that bet three days, two days before Big Mac broke the home run record while at Cooperstown for the first time in my life as an eight year old or as a, uh, 11-year-old kid, and we're at Cooperstown, you know, I'm in, like, heaven. I was a massive baseball fan by age 11, and they had on every television in Cooperstown every McGuire at back. So it was, like, a day game, and uh, he was sitting, I think, at 61 at the time, so it was, like, the next home run was going to do it, so, yeah. like, I might see this while I'm at Cooperstown. didn't happen, and I think he didn't homer the next day either. Then the day after that, he hit it, and uh, I had it on VHS. But that, to me, is number one, and Cal Ripken, to me, was number two. That was like – and that that record will never, ever be broken, ever. You you may think that it's this is a weird one, but this is one that I thoroughly enjoyed. We spoke off camera before. Um, was Ichiro breaking George Sisler's record? That was cool, yeah. Because you saw the buildup, and it was always like, is there, enough, is there enough games in the season for him to do it? Then he'd go out and hit three hits, four hits – you have a one hit night you're like oh shit he can't do it like that that build-up was pretty cool that year when he broke Didn't he also set the single season singles record that year too he set the singles record he i don't i don't know if it was the same season he ended up getting like his 10th consecutive 200 hit season 
Yeah, like even something like I, I have a feeling hits. that the, the tenth consecutive two hundred hit season was the same season he broke George Sisler's record. I'm not sure. I want to say it was, but um, that was pretty cool to watch because, like I said, the buildup was the whole season was like Ichiro's gonna, you know, he's on pace for this, he's on pace for yeah. that. You know? Um, '98 was still special too because I mean, you know, they were cutting into games no matter where you were. Local mm-hmm. local channels, you know, wherever they were, they were cutting into every at-bat between the two of them. So that was pretty special. And the key to that was it was a chase, too. A chase always, like in 61, you know, with Mantle and Maris, that also, it was huge because Mantle was with him until he got hurt. Um, you always like a chase. Like, that adds to the dramatics and they play each yeah. other. It, like, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I was into Stanton – with the Marlins getting to 59. Like, I feel like that was unrepresented. I know the record now is 73, but if Stan had hit 60, that would have been pretty big to me. And he came pretty damn close. Were you into that at all? I was into that, but it's kind of hard when you see Barry, you know, hitting 73. And and Barry was hitting home runs at a pace that, you know, was just out of this world. And even watching it at the time, you were kind of like, this ain't right. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. But this is fun to watch, you know? Chicks dig the long ball. It's, you know, still one of the best baseball commercials ever. It is. Uh, the, what was I going to, oh, Bonds hitting 73. Yeah, I mean, I was into that, but I feel like by even, like, we already knew it wasn't legitimate somehow. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It just because it happened so soon after McGuire did it. At that point, we we're like, all right, well, it's not that special. You only and broke then, like a five-year-old record. And you always like I rooted for Sammy more than McGuire because Sammy had flair, man. Yeah, Sammy, the hopping. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the hopping. He was. He had the big smile. You know, he was engaging. You know, I, in fact, it took a lot of that race to to kind of break McGuire a little bit. You know, you saw more of that side of him because he was doing it, you know, alongside Sammy and, and that stuff going on. But, yeah, Sammy, watching Sammy was fun. The thing that helped with McGuire was he was hitting, like, 540-foot home runs, too. Mm-hmm. He was, like, breaking scoreboards and Big shit Mac while Land. he broke the record. Big Mac, he, didn't he break the sign in Big Mac Land? <laughs> yeah, and I think he knocked out a light at Chase Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he did all sorts of crazy shit that was cool. Ed, but nothing, so so with the hop, nothing like, is lost, better. Like, huge it, personality. Nothing is better than Aaron Judge breaking a TV in a concession stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no matter what, a long, long dong is going to go a very long way with baseball fans. That's like, a good one. He's going to want to see just a, a meteor shot. Leon, uh, Leon said the forty forty chase with Alfonso Soriano. That was pretty cool. And the Acuna one last year. Well, he was going for forty fifty, right? Oh, Vince, Vince, you, 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 come on! You got to get some some Spanish flavor in you. Acuna. <laughs> Acuna. Acuna. Uh, there's an accent. There's an accent over the end, brother. Come on. It's just a just a, a scratch on the paper. Um, it's just a, it's it's a white guy. Really it's a white person in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will he will conform to what I call him if he wants to stay here. Acuna, come on. <laughs> Acuna. There you go. Um, what did he end with? Thirty-eight and forty-nine or something? It was really close. Uh, yeah. Really close. 
I had a, I have a, a Braves friend who was like giving me updates daily on that. I'm like, I don't give that much of a shit, but it was like, cool. He got close and then he didn't do You know what, what was fun? Um, Gary Sanchez, when he was called up, when he went on that tear, that was pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Or I mean, Austin, yeah. Austin Riley had a similar one. Um, there is another one. Oh, Riss Hoskins, when he came up, had a similar one like that. Those Lon- are- Pete Alonso last year at the beginning of the season. He just yeah, Pete Alonso all season. Aaron Judge as a rookie all season. Um, but yeah, baseball needs stuff like that. Yeah. So I well, we can agree baseball's baseball or uh, home runs, sorry, are, are a big thing. So like and I think I don't know that 73 can ever be broken. Um, but I do think someone can hit 60. And, are, they, are, are they playing with the juice balls or not? They're playing with the juice ball. Seven is going to get – it's going to be challenged. It's a good question. Because um, they took away – they allegedly took away the juice balls for this season, right? If you play with those juice balls, that is unconfirmed. Yeah. Um, and you get a Stanton healthy, a judge healthy, you know, guys like that, somebody's going to challenge it, man. No, 73 is a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of home runs. It's, I can see it, man. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so what about pitching records, though? Because, like, no one, obviously no one's going to touch all-time wins. No one's going to touch wins in a season because the rules have changed so much, not going to happen. And unless you change the definition of a win, which I've considered, if you make it just, like, whoever is winning when the game ends, that's the outcome, yeah. you know? Um, unless you do that, no one's touching those kinds of records. But what about like a, um, I'm trying to think, well, like, well, let's start easy. Nolan Ryan, seven no hitters. No hitters are spiked like crazy, but can you see that from one person? No. Um, and even Nolan Ryan doing it is weird because he doesn't, he wasn't dominant his entire career. He wasn't dominant for a stretch of his career. Right. Um, he was a awesome hit, though. Yeah. Uh, he he had longevity, which you, that is, you know, a, a Hall of Fame criteria. You have to be in the game a long time. Yeah. Uh, but he would have these games where he would just completely shut you down. And he has seven of them. I mean, that's amazing. Verlander's at four. It's probably a little too late for him to catch that. I don't if, – if there's a guy that's going to do it, he's not pitching in baseball yet. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, I like, would have picked – you asked me five years ago, I would have probably said Kershaw. Yeah. But, you know. Here is so another fascinating one is most consecutive no-hitters. The record's only two by Johnny Vandermeer. And if I recall, I think Verlander threw a no-hitter and then had like five sh- no-hit innings the next start. Uh, it I was think, more than five. It was more than five. It was it, like eight. Yeah, he got real close. Yeah. And I feel like David Wells maybe also came close um, after his perfect game. You know, you know what I'm going to predict? What? And this is me doing what I do. Go left. Um, I'm going to predict a player does something. It's not a record, but he'll join a group of players. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. will hit two grand slams in one inning. <laughs> his father did it. I looked at that earlier today when I was preparing for this. Um I, that's such a statistical anomaly that I, I don't know if it can happen again, but we've seen two home runs in innings. So really just a matter of having guys on like a rods homer twice in an inning. I distinctly remember that. I, I think I told you to start before I was at an a rod game 
where he almost hit for the home run cycle. It was against Bartolo Colon. I think he was on the Angels at the time. Um, he had a grand slam, a, a three-run home run, a two-run shot, and he needed a, a solo home run. And I think his fourth at bat, he ended up hitting a double up the middle. <laughs> that, w- that was crazy to I be a I vaguely remember that. that was, and what made that game even cooler was I got 10 tickets off eBay for like 40 bucks for that game. So I took like a whole bunch of people from the office and we all went to the game that day and that happened. That is cool. Yeah, that was pretty Um, cool. So you brought up Bartolo Colon. This one's the crowd pleaser. He has the record for for the oldest pitcher to ever homer. He was 42 when he did it. Uh, His only career home run. Now this is a, (laughs) I, I, I don't know if that can be done again. I would assume it can. Like, I think that's not an unbreakable record, but it's a pretty good record. Which one? The the Cologne one? Cologne being uh, – as a pitcher, because first of all, you have to have a pitcher homer. And yeah, he has to stay in the league until he's 42, and he has to, to homer when he's 42. It's pretty fluky. I can see it happening. I yeah. Mean, you know. It's possible, obviously, but that one may hold for a very long time, especially as pitcher careers seem to not last. Depends if, we, if we go DH for all, which is the right call to make, um, then we'll you're never, never see it. Yeah, then you're never going to see it. Right. Unless it's like some weird pinch hit, like when they sometimes if have DH for all would make all baseball fans happy, though. Yeah, that's true. Um trying to see i'm scrolling down here like yeah nolan ryan's career strikeouts i don't that's that's never going to happen solely because you'll never get the combination of a guy who strikes out that many guys and stays healthy yeah ryan pitched for like 27 years that's that's also why i don't think you'll see a lot of no hitters now because the more dominant guys are all strikeout pitchers now and they just throw too many pitches yeah, well, you can see combined ones, and that actually makes a lot of sense with with great bullpen arms as well. I was looking, 2010 was when the no-hitters kind of went from fairly obscure, like might happen once a year, to you're, you're in like five or six seasons. Yeah. And ever since and then, like, it's been... And it's four been of them were from, uh, were from like bums. Yeah, that was always cool, though, when like... Uh, Wade and Looper. Marcello has one. <laughs> Wade and Looper had two, didn't he? <laughs> Phil Phil uh, Humber has one. Andres Galarraga should have one, or not Andres Galarraga? Armando Galarraga. He should have yeah. a perfect game, actually. Yeah, yeah. So the perfect game, though, and this one, I always like this argument. What would you? What do you think is? more impressive the cycle or a perfect game because they happen somewhat near the same frequency the cycle you think that's more impressive i think it's more impressive and i think it's harder oh man i don't know if i agree with that i think the cycle i would definitely give it over a no hitter but i mean a perfect game you're not only can't you walk anyone so like in you know a three a three o count you're coming down the middle and there's nothing you can do about it but also you have to rely on all of the defenders not making a mistake. That's just it. You're relying on the defenders and you're doing, when you're hitting for the cycle, it's just you. So yeah. All right. So from a physical feat standpoint, maybe it's more, well, I mean, they're relying on defense a little bit to an extent too sometimes, but, um, and like lay of land, but it's harder, I think, to get a perfect game for those reasons that you have to rely on other people. Especially a natural cycle. Well, that, yeah that uh 
that would be that would be neat. And I still, again, I bring up this memory. <laughs> I still think it's so badass. Tino Martinez needed, I think, like a single or a double, and said he had a second home run instead of getting a cycle. That to me is like even cooler than getting a cycle, but whatever. Um. So yeah, so my my top three probably Big Mac breaking the record, Cal Ripken. Um, and the third one is a personal one because I was there, and that is the Jeter one that you mentioned, Jeter's 3,000th hit. So there's three moments in my life, uh, games that I've gone to live, and I'd be curious as to yours too, that were like very easily the top three moments of my live life. And all of them are milestones in different ways. 96 was Dwight Gooden's no-hitter. Um, special because I was, I was nine. Uh, and, and everything's magical when you're that young. Yeah. But also because I was old Yankee Stadium. And the Gooden story itself, I didn't appreciate as much until I was older. Like, that was an amazing story in itself because that was, like, post-drugs. Um, but also, the stadium, I can't even describe what old Yankee Stadium – I mean, you know what old Yankee Stadium was like in situations like that. Uh, it's it rocking. Literally it literally yeah. It's rocking. You can't hear yourself. The um, That night, there was soda streaming from the upper deck. People were just throwing their drinks off the upper deck soda. to celebrate. Soda. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In my mind, it was, it was like, damn, look at all that soda flying from the upper deck. You've got streamers. I mean, people just throwing their garbage everywhere, which it sounds awful, but it was really cool. Awesome. And. I had an elderly man just turn to me, look me straight in the eyes, and be like, remember this moment for as long as you live, because you will probably never see it again in person. Yeah. And when you're a nine-year-old kid and, like, some random old man tells you that, my dad was just, like, nodding as he's next to me, because he's never seen no-hitter until then either. Um, that was, like, <laughs> a very humbling moment for me. And I was like, oh, all right, I, I should really take this into account. And he's right. And, you know, I probably never will see him one. I think the closest I've come since was Ching Ming Wong had like five no hit innings at a game up two once. Um, Ching Ming Wong came so close so many times. I know. Yeah, he did. He had that one start against Boston, remember? That was like an 88 pitch complete game. Sinker ball left and right. Just. No, Old Yankee Stadium was, was awesome. Um, when I tell you, it, it literally shook the overhang in right field. Just. Yeah. Everything in you says common sense was this concrete fixture should not be shaking this way. <laughs> and that shit was rocking. And that was the best thing to be a part of. Um, for me, I'd say Mariano's 600 save game was pretty cool to be at. Um, that is cool. The Derek Jeter dive game will always be up there for me. Um, and number one, you guys know, I said it last week too, just the Mike Piazza 9-11 home run game. Yeah, those are good. Unless I see a World Series clinched at home at Yankee Stadium, I'm not sure what what beats that uh, home run for me. Nothing, and that that is on my that's probably ultimately on my bucket list. I've never been to a World Series game, let alone a World Series clincher, let alone a World Series clincher for my own team. Um, but the ALCS clincher in 2009 would be second for me um, because that I mean it's not as big of a celebration. But my entire problem in 2009 until that game was that Yankee Stadium lost so much acoustics going from the old stadium to the new stadium. And especially for some reason that year. Like, now it seems fine ever since 2017, and maybe that's something to be said about Yankee fans because they needed – like, we needed, I think, a new core of Yankee greats, if you will, 
to kind of reinvigorate the fan base. And I'm sure that's the case for all teams, but from, from 2010 to 2016, like Yankee stadium just wasn't the same. Um, And 2009, it wasn't the same until that game, that game was very loud. Uh, And I was at that game just by chance. I was actually not going to go until there was like a rain out, I think. And for some reason, the way the schedule fell, I was then able to go to game six. I was actually rooting against the Yankees to a lesser degree when they were in Anaheim because I wanted them to clinch at Yankee Stadium to give me the option. Yeah, of going. I've, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, please lose this game five. Because I think they were up 3-1 in that series. They lost game five, and then they wrapped it up in game six. Scott yeah. Kazmir, uh pitching that game for the Angels. I don't know why I remember that. But, I've um, been to a World Series game. Um, I've been to a couple of ALCS games. I've been to DS games, wildcard game. I This year, I, last season, I swore, man, we were so close. Me and Hardy actually paid for our World Series tickets in advance because with the Yankees, and, um, you have to pay for your tickets in advance, your postseason tickets. So we already had <clears throat> our postseason tickets for either three Yankee games or potentially four Yankee games. And our crazy asses were – we were literally planning to travel to Washington to watch the other games. <laughs> like in, in our minds, we were going to see them win a World Series somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We, we were going. We already had whose car we were going to take, and he wasn't driving. Um, <laughs> those who know Hardy knows he can't drive for shit. Yeah, that's why you're um, here today. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we had paid for our World Series tickets for last year already, and we were, we were ready to go. We were going to see all seven games. I guarantee if there was a seven-game series. I, I think if the Yankees make the World Series, whenever that may be, um, I, I don't know what would stop me from going. And maybe it's not a Yankee stadium. You know, I live in Florida. So if it, I would be just as likely to go to a road game. Um, obviously, going to Yankee Stadium for a World Series clincher, like nothing would ever top that for the rest of my life in any sport and probably any memory. That would probably be better than my wedding day. Um, which is probably right now the number one moment of my life. But um, you better say that. Yeah, I would even go on the road though. Like it, it would not. I would probably just pick a game six, just figuring like the, those are the odds, and and do it. Um, just because now, and you can relate to this. Like when you're when you're a teenager, and your team. Because I was, I was thirteen when the Yankees won their fourth World Series. Uh, in my lifetime and at that point like I didn't even go to the 2000 ticker tape parade so I was like whatever <laughs> let's go to another one yeah. um, but now when you're in your 30s and they haven't won in 10 years or you know any team it doesn't have to be the Yankees uh, now it's like and you have a little bit more money than you did in your early 20s um, there's nothing would stop me now it's like I'm all hands on deck Yankees get to the World Series and then I'll do my part I remember in, uh, in 2009 when uh, we won the World Series. So Jaden had perfect attendance like every year of school. That's something I prided myself on. He never missed school. He's a Cal Ripken of school? Yeah. That's awesome. He, he, I think in high school he has, I think, three total missed days in high school, like wow. all four years. But um, 2009 he missed the day. The only day he missed was to go to the parade. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the 2009 parade, I'm trying to remember. I think I had to work. At that time, I was a bank teller, and, like, I didn't have options to just, like, skip work. 
Um, like now I can probably just be like, Hey, I'm taking PTO that day and it's fine. But back then that was not an option. So I didn't go to that ticker tape parade either, even though I wanted to. He was seven. So he should have some memories of it. You know, yeah. he loved taking the train. Everyone was in Yankee gear. He was on my shoulders cause he was still small enough, you know, to do that. Yeah. He, he had a good time. Should. I was nine for the 96 one. I distinctly remember that and 98 and 99, but 96 sticks out the most because that was definitely the most rowdy and it was my first one. Leon said he got wasted at a World at World Series game four. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh well, obviously, well, Nationals lost for that one, right? Because it, it was a home game. Leon, yep. you went to DC. He had to, right? Yeah, Houston had home field advantage. Shocking. Um, I'm looking through these comments here. Yeah, Lyle Overbay starting is going to make the stadium quiet. That is true. 2013 Yankees red. Um, James Edwin Scott was at A-Rod's 500th and 600th. That's that's pretty cool. Like, what are the chances of that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and Sean, you bring up a good point. I, I had this question. For non-Yankee fans, um, tell me about any milestones you've gone to. Like, was anyone for the Cubs at, at uh, any of the 2016 World Series games? I'd be curious about that. I'm sure it's almost impossible to get a ticket, but yeah. – uh, I'd be curious about that. Boston, I know that we don't, don't we have terrible Boston fans. For the parade. What's that? You don't need a ticket for the parade. Yeah, no, I mean a World Series game, but the parade, oh. yeah, I'd be curious. I was at the 2004 Red Sox parade, so, so I can tell you that. That was not among my top milestones. No. And, um, but, oh, so my number one was, and you mentioned this, the, G, the or number three, was the Jeter 3000 hit game. That was cool for a few reasons. And what were you at that game? No, I wasn't at that game. Okay. I was, so, I was at the, uh, the dive game. So that year, I had partial season tickets. The only time it was like a 12 game Sunday package. And um, that, that when Dieter broke the record, it was not on a Sunday. But what had happened was it was a we had a rain out for one of those Sunday games. And I was able to exchange it for like any game of my choice. So I randomly like we chose that day. Wow. And then there was that rain out like the, the week before Jeter broke the record. One of those games got rained out and it pushed back to that game. So because he needed two hits going into that game to do it. Um, and I, again, rooting against him the day before. I'm like, just don't, don't have two more hits. Like, let me at least have a shot to see it. And sure enough, it happens. So then we go to the game, like total miracle that any of this aligned. And then he has that hit in his first at bat. And even then the crowd was like outrageously loud. Like I was shocked by New Yankee Stadium standard. It was very much like the old stadium. I mean, the place was going nuts. And this was in July. So everyone's like loose already. It's hot in summer in, in New York. And then his second hit to... Because what a lot of people forget is the Yankees were losing in that game. So, like, Jeter won that game basically by himself. And that home run, I think, either tied the game or put them out in front at the time. And it was a bomb. And Jeter never pulls home runs, but he pulled that and he pulled it in the second set. It tied the game because he ended up winning it in extra innings. Yeah. So, I think it was a – I think that tied the game at two. Um, And then – in very cheater fashion, he ends up hitting. I think he ended up with two singles, two doubles, and a home run that game. 
Um, so he goes five for five. David Price, of course, pitching for the Rays. So you need a pitcher he can beat up, and he fits the bill. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the Yankees won that game, like, I don't remember what the score, maybe 8-6, something like that, 6, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, just all-around great day. Jeter, the hero, he goes five for five. He hits the home run for 3,000. He does it in his first two at-bats, so they're, like, I didn't have to wait. And then the rest of the game was, like, a party, and the Yankees beat the race. So, like, you couldn't have asked for a better outcome. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Sean says he was at Glavin's 300th win, which was pretty cool. That's neat, because if I'm not mistaken, was Glavin the last one to have 300 wins? CeCe. Ah, that's CC isn't it? Does he have 300? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. What am I saying? Uh, 300 wins, 4,000 strikeouts, right? James, yeah. James says he was at the, the last game of the old stadium. I was actually there for that. I was actually in the first game of the new stadium. Jorge Posada got the first uh, home run. Um, yeah, and Jose I, Molina had the last one, right? How yeah. did I not say this? The All-Star game at the new Yankee Stadium. Oh, I have a story about that, too. I was supposed yeah, I, to go- I was there. Um, I did not go to the home run derby. My father-in-law went to the home run derby the game before and has this, uh, we got him on TV actually getting a ball signed by Mariano. That's cool. Um, so he, he went to the home run derby. I wish I went, man. That's when. Um, no, this is Josh Hamilton. Uh, yeah, Justin Morneau won, but Josh Hamilton won. Yeah. Just like yeah. we all know uh, who won the derby last year. I That is the only time in my entire life that I ever – asked for a refund on StubHub. <laughs> so I, I bought the home run derby tickets and this is an 08. So I'm 21 years old and I think I was still in college. Um, and I buy the home run derby tickets. They're like $300 a piece. Mm-hmm. Immediately felt buyer's remorse <laughs> and asked for a refund, got the refund, didn't go to the game or didn't go to the Derby, and then it turns out probably to be, like, the best home run Derby of our lifetime. No, I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, thought about it for, like, 15 minutes after I bought it. I was like, I think I'd be way happier, and I kind of need this $300, and it's just a home run Derby. Like, how much could really happen? They're just going to hit home runs. And then Josh Hamilton, of course, like, hits a few, like, into the last row of Yankee Stadium, hits, like, 28 in a round. He put on an absolute show. Outside of a couple of Griffey ones in the 90s and uh, and the Judge one, because that was an unbelievable home run derby in my mind, that was, like, that's way up there as far as derbies go. Yeah, um, Sean corrected us. CC, I was thinking of 250. I know he had a round number. He does not yeah, have I was right, number. yeah. I was like, he, I don't know if he got that high. Yeah, he has uh, 251, I think, is what he ended up with. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think Glavin was the last one. And if someone wants to look that up too, I think Glavin's the last one to win 300 games, which means going to that game is extra special because you'll probably never see that again. Tomas Glavin, you might be right. When did Randy Randy John? No, Randy Johnson probably got it before that. He got it before that, yeah, for sure. Oh, maybe it was Glavin. I'm pretty sure because I remember at the time, like, quickly thinking maybe that's the last time we ever see 300 wins. Um. Yeah. So so oh, someone was at Wells Perfect game. They read that right. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Robert Michael. He was at Wells Perfect game. That yeah. So that one ups my uh, Dwight good no hitter. So so this is what's so cool about a no hitter. It's probably or a perfect game. Either way, it's the same buildup. Probably my favorite feat, and this is why. Because with a perfect game, 
you get to celebrate that moment like way in advance <laughs> because in a perfect game the or, or no hitter the fifth inning right around the fifth inning like that's when you start whispering to your friends you're like hey hasn't given up a hit yet whatever right. the case may be after six innings is officially the countdown in my book like when i was at gooden's no hitter after the sixth inning everyone in the stadium knew what was happening Everyone, I'm sure, watching TV knew what was happening. I'm sure everyone in either dugout knew what was happening. And then you start living out by out, and you almost don't want to see your own team bet because you're like, I just need to see if this gets done. And then, like, it builds and builds and builds by every single batter. And this was the 90s Mariners lineup. So, like, every single batter was a heart attack normally. Now it was, like, an extra level. So I can only imagine a perfect game because Gooden had, like, five walks that night. Um what that intensity is like, but that is the coolest to me because there's no other event that I can think of in baseball where it builds like that, where you're hanging on every single pitch for that long to accomplish something. I agree. And that Wells one, wasn't he, wasn't that the one where he was partying and got drunk the night before? <laughs> yeah, typical. And then, he ended up, then he ended up wearing the, the Babe Ruth cap that he bought as a, um, he wore the Babe Ruth cap yes. that he won at an auction. Yeah, the one he won at an auction. Or and he they, they made him take it off. So there's so much backstory there yeah yeah um yeah by the it, way sean correct yeah it was randy johnson. That. it was randy johnson all right so you're not as cool well, sean just killed his own his own milestone he wasn't at the most recent 300 win so now no one cares anymore um yeah so anyway so the, those are my favorite i think in-person milestones unbreakable perfect game is my favorite feat four home runs in a game is kind of cool because at least like once you hit the third, every at-bat matters. My only problem with it is I usually only get one more at-bat, and also four home runs has been tied now by, like, 17 players. Walk-off is always up there for me. There's uh, nothing more exhilarating than seeing a walk-off. How many have you seen in person? Or I should start with, have you seen one in person? I've seen probably 10. Mm. I've seen a lot. Um, I figured you had me killed on that because I've gone to so many road games. Yeah, I've seen a lot of walk-off home runs, walk-off hits. Um, those are always fun because, you know, similar to like you were saying with the no hitter in the, in the perfect game, you're living on every pitch at that point yeah. in extra innings. You know, everything, every run, every base runner, everything matters. So, yeah, the walk-offs are always uh, fun. Yeah. It, uh, then you start measuring yourself up, you know, it becomes a dick measuring contest as a fan. You're like, oh, how many fans left early? Who left early? Oh, that guy got to work, you know. He's trying to beat traffic. He's not a real fan, you know. That's probably my worst nightmare is ever leaving a game early and then something cool happens. Like in Fever Pitch, you ever see that movie? That like that like gave me PTSD, even though I've never actually experienced it. So I was like, if that ever happened to me, that happened to me in party two years ago. With what? Um, it was a uh, we got soaked, dude. It was a Yankee Boston <laughs> game. We got soaked and. They stopped the game and it was raining and we were drenched and we left the game early and the game itself ended up being like a kick-ass game. But once you leave the stadium, you can't re-enter. So <laughs> we're like, we're in each other's, we're like, we're, we have our cars and we're talking to each other on the, on the phone while the game is on the other person's radar. Like, why the fuck did we leave? I can't believe we left. Meanwhile, <laughs> we're like completely drenched. We're soaked. The, the rain delay was like over an hour easy. We were like, there's no way this game is going to continue. And they continued it because I think 
there was a scheduling issue, so they were trying to get it in, and it ended up being like a, a kick-ass game. So yeah, we ended and, up. Uh, uh, looking here, James talking about the triple reminds me. I saw a Jorge Posada triple, which that has to be pretty rare. Wow. Uh, and he actually, in very Jorge Posada fashion, got thrown out trying to stretch it to an inside the park home run, Sounds and. Good. And he got thrown out by about 20 feet. Like, I don't know if he was even halfway down the line. He was somewhere between 20 and 30 feet he got thrown out. And um, One of those things he was probably trying to go for the inside the park. On the <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was such a terrible base runner and not <laughs> just getting the triple. We were all like, oh, holy shit. And then he kept running. We are like, what the hell? Like, it was already in the second baseman's hand on yeah, the relay by the time he rounded third. The lowest runner I've ever seen. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Sean was on a walk-off suicide squeeze in 07. That is cool. I have never seen, I don't think, a suicide squeeze, let alone a walk-off. I have seen, I saw Jeter's first ever walk-off, which was against the Red Sox in 96, in September of 96, single up the middle. That's the craziest game I ever went to. Yankees trailed 7-1 in that game. Mm -hmm. And then they trailed 11-7 in the eighth in that game. And they won 12-11 on the Jeter, who was a rookie on his walk-off, and then I also saw um, – I, I know there is one other walk-off in my lifetime that I've been at, and then I saw the Yankees get walked off at the Trop, of course, because everything terrible that's ever happened to me happens in that stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the last – so I, we figured this out. This is a Dong City, and then we'll wrap it up. This is a Dong City mystery solved from last week. I mentioned how I thought I saw an Ichiro walk-off. Yeah. In, uh, on the Yankees. So it turns out he scored the winning run. He, he did not have the walk-off hit, which is why he couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. Thanks to Mike Feldstein for doing the legwork, though, um, because he got me researching, and then I realized it was a Lance Nix walk-off, which is probably why I never remembered it. And each year scored the Berkman. What's that? Nix or Berkman? No, it was Nix. Okay. Lance Nix, or Jason Nix. What, whatever Nix was on the Yankees in, like, 2014. No, no, Lance Nix, yeah. Yeah, he had a walk-off single against the Blue Jays, and Ichiro scored the winning run. And that was the last time I ever saw Ichiro, and I made a mental note, and I guess it was the wrong mental note. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's my last memory of Ichiro. It, except in my mind, I transcribed it to having the walk-off hit, but he actually scored the winning run. Uh, you know so what that's game I was at? That was fun now that I remember. So Leon says he was at the 06 uh, Mets division clincher. That reminded me I was at the game – where A-Rod yelled that Luis Castillo when he was on the pop-up. Yes. <laughs> he dropped the ball and the Teixeira score. I was at that game. Underrated yeah. in that forever will be that Teixeira scored from first on yep. that pop-up. Yep, yep. That that, I was that, at that game. That, that was a good one. That game I watched on TV, and it was so weird because on the pop-up, I'm just like – like, really quick in my head. I'm like, I, for my first thought was, I can't believe we're going to lose the fucking Mets. Because back then, like... Well, but they, they that game, they, they dominated that game. They yeah, they did. They should have won. Game. And that was a Billy Wagner blown save. Yes. And the Mets always play the Yankees pretty tough head-to-head. Yep. Yep. But they that game, I was just like, I can't believe we've got... Because that was 09, right? That was... I don't remember the year. I'm um, pretty sure it was 09. And I just... The the whole game, the, the whole game they were dominating. Yeah, but the Yankees were so good that year. And I was like, I can't believe we're going to lose a game to the Mets. And on that pop-up right after that thought was, oh, maybe they'll, like, screw it up because they're the Mets. 
And then, like, as the ball's in the air, I just had this feeling. I was like, it can't end this routinely. And then, sure enough, he drops it. And I'm, and then my next thought, I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, second and third. We have a chance to, like, win the game. We're going to tie it. And to share a score. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Was, that, what made that game bigger for the, the Yankee and Met fans was we had the, the stupidest, most – childish argument that whole season for like two seasons over the the metallica song because both billy wagner Wagner and mo used it so oh who used it first who does it better that became like the issue so billy wagner blowing that save was a big deal because we were just riding met fans yeah fucking shit so that that gave it a little extra flair um, Sean remind uh, James was at CC's 3000 strikeout. That's the milestone I was thinking of, not 3000. Yeah, yeah. And it was against um, the health of you know, J.R. Murphy. That's right. Yes. Who we traded for, Aaron Hicks. Yep. And he also was the catcher for, oh, God, what was that other milestone we covered? He was the catcher for. The Andy Pettit game where Jeter and and um oh yeah when they they pulled him out of the game, J.R. Murphy's and standing there like oh yeah yeah they pulled Pettit yep yeah yeah Uh, J.R. Murphy that's probably what you're thinking about yep um I still think there was some other he he has a weird history with the Yankees like he just happens to be involved in a lot of stuff but um including the Hicks trade so. What was one other thing? Oh, Robert was at the Giambi walk-off, which that is cool. The uh, the 14-inning the rain one with the Grand Slam, I think it was the, like, last walk-off Grand Slam down three the Yankees had since Babe Ruth. The Golden Thong game. <laughs> yeah, that was neat. That was another game. I, I was I fell asleep for part of that game, and I woke up, like, right before the Grand Slam happened. And in my head, I was, again, pissed off. I'm like, we're playing the Twins. Like, what the hell? And then he hits the walk-off grand slam. And I was like, yeah, that, that's better. Giambi's had a few clutch moments for the Yankees. A lot of people forget the 0-3 game seven. He hit two home runs in that game. The Yankees were either both solo. The Yankees were down 5-2 before that eighth inning rally. But he was the offense off, off the Red Sox until the eighth inning. He's had a decent career. Yeah. He made a lot of money. He sure did. Um, Took a lot of drugs. <laughs> probably also true um i'm seeing if there's anything else here before we wrap up uh i think that's it yeah yeah he's Mets. the only game i went to met so he hit a grand slam Leon said him and him and pete were don pete were at uh max's no hitter in 2017 that's pretty cool that is cool nice all right well good hey another trip down memory lane another successful one looks like we had a pretty good crowd for this one a lot of interaction so i think we'll just keep doing this um this is like the world's longest hand job because by now we were like we were supposed to be in the regular season just talking about baseball and like games and making fun of aaron boone and we're just gonna have to keep doing this until baseball comes back we're okay Um, i'm having fun with it the guys are having fun with it so yeah ton of fun so we'll keep doing this i mean if you guys have any ideas as the week goes on that you want to talk about next monday just tag one of us make a post about it yep we will take we will take that source material. We'll have a conversation just like this. It's fun, you know, just to talk about baseball memories. It's all we've if got. Somebody right wants now. to hop on with us, and you want yes. to be on camera, please. 
I really wanted to have like a Sean Resort H typed person to share like crazy memories from the 70s. <laughs> but I think, I think we can get Sean on, you know. Yeah, it was late notice. But we have yeah, to have I mean, early... if he wants to be on the show, let us know. We'll try and fit you in. I think Sean's bedtime is like 7 p.m. He'll drink his warm glass of milk with a little sugar. Um, <laughs> and yeah. We get him on before that, we should be okay. <laughs> Talk about the Dodgers, his favorite thing on earth. Uh-huh. Uh, so, anyway. I, I pissed him off with the same argument by telling him Kershaw is better than Colfax. <laughs> and dare I say, if we ever want to have two guests on at once, even that's okay. Zoom has many capabilities. So, just let us know. Feel free to be interactive with us. We will be back next week, same time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Monday to talk about whatever. Uh, and we'll, we'll keep going like this. So thank you for joining. This has been Dong City. Everyone have a great night. Dong City, bitches. <laughs>